0: Here we are.
1: All right, we're recording.
0: Yes, we Welcome are. Welcome back,
1: everybody. You're back with another episode of the Weekly Anabolic. Uh, this is episode number four. Brandon and I are here to be experts of nothing and tell you everything that you should and should not do.
0: Hey, hey, hey. how's it going, guys?
1: We know nothing. <laughs> yeah, don't take what <laughs> we're saying Brandon? for uh, face value.
0: Just uh, keep right. it in the back <laughs> of your heads. Definitely keep it in the back of your heads.
1: Uh Randy, you said you already trained today. How'd that go?
0: Uh today. Yeah. Oh no, I um I had some clients. I didn't train myself, but I did oh, have some clients okay. this morning. Um shout out to Keith and Kevin. Um these guys are pushing it every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, getting up at 8 a.m. and moving and grooving. And they've been making a lot of progress. Keith is finally like I mean, Keith talks about his strength gains near every day. He's been feeling really good. He like he walks like five miles a day, and he can't stop talking about it. And he's just been All feeling right. much much better. Um, we've been working together that's for awesome. like about I'd play I'd say like five months now. Um, yeah, yeah, but they're you know they're definitely like feeling the you know the effects of consistency for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's awesome.
0: Yeah, they're talking about their biceps now, talking about their get, pecs. Get massive. stomach. Yeah, Keith's <laughs> stomach is shrinking now. You can see his toes. He's got arches nice. in his feet now. They're squatting right. Yeah, it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. That's a good feeling, you know. Oh, man. When you look down, you can see your toes. Yeah. You look down, you're like, hey there, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. It's good. I'm <laughs> proud of him. How are your clients doing? 8 a.m. sessions are tough, though.
0: Yeah, really tough. Definitely. you
1: like working out in the morning? Do you do that sometimes?
0: I don't really enjoy working out in the morning. I do, like, midday workouts just because I'm a little bit more, like, present, I would say. Yeah. I'm kind of a zombie in in the a.m. And I also like getting in a couple meals before I work out, too. I always find that that's kind of nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely got to have, like, some meals in me. I got to have some movement in me. I, yeah. I, I just don't perform the same if I lift in the morning. Even, like, lifting at noon is weird for me.
0: Yeah, like, later in the day-ish. I would say, like, late noon. Like, maybe, like, yeah. four. Like, four-ish. Yeah. It's kind of prime time. But yep. if I take pre-workout, if I work out too late and I take pre-workout at, like, seven or eight, mm-hmm. I, I won't fall asleep till like, yeah, one or two in the morning. Yeah. That first night that you put that hostility onto me, dude. And I I took it at probably like, I think I texted you that day too. And I was like, it was like seven or eight ish. And I was like, yo, should I go do this leg day? And you're like, yes, Yes,
1: I remember that.
0: And I was like, all right, here I go. And I literally didn't fall asleep till like 4 a.m. that night. (laughs) And that scooper is massive. Like when you were showing me just like over uh, Skype, it like just. Yeah, it didn't look like nearly it as large. Doesn't do it justice. No, no, not at all, not at all. Yeah, so, don't <laughs> take your pre workout too close to your bedtime, because yeah, will keep...
1: for sure. If if it's um, you know, if it's a stim based pre workout, yeah, definitely, you know, be cautious with that, um, going in or, or close to a bedtime. Yeah, for sure. You know, that's that's another reason why they make pump products, right? Is uh is just so that if if you are lifting later in the day, you can you can take something that's going to help you get your pump, help you get a little focus in there, but it's not it's not going to affect your sleep right after training. So Yeah, that caffeine won't keep you up all night. <coughs> yeah. Definitely.
0: Yeah, man. How about
2: you, dude? Uh, How
1: are your clients going? Good, man. It is it's so rewarding, you know. It's like every day I watch them all like they're my children. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I, I check I check all of their forums like every day. Yeah. I get yeah. so excited. I'm like I, like I take it as personal wins. I check their they like their way in and, and all that stuff and I'm like, yes, a new low. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I get so excited for them. Um, you know, it's it's awesome. And um I have a new client that's uh now been with me for Two, just two weeks, uh, so mm-hmm. we're really just kind of getting into the swing of things, and uh, she's crushing it. You know, she she's realizing how much she can eat <laughs> and still lose weight. Mm-hmm. Like she she's so full all day long, and yet we're consistently watching the scale drop, and she feels better every day, and, and it's so cool. You know, it it's rewarding to teach people. What proper nutrition can do for you and, and how it makes you feel, and then and then watching them start to pay attention to how different foods make them feel, and and watching them just create the habits behind you know proper nutrition where, um, you know she she has cravings for sweets pretty regularly, um, but uh, and I I've told her she could even if she can adjust the macros uh, to fit it. Um, she can go ahead and have a sweet every once in a while if she wants. Mm-hmm. Um, but she 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 got an ice cream, like a, a little pint of like Halo Top ice cream or something like that, and she ended up just giving it to her roommate because she's so full after eating that she oh. just like she doesn't want to adjust the macros.
0: Turning a new leaf.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. Like it's so cool seeing people make it, the habits and and just be able to make those choices and go I don't actually need this yeah you know it's it's so cool just to to watch that develop for somebody yeah uh, I also agree. and that's that's one of the reasons why why being a coach is is so awesome
2: yeah
0: it's definitely really really rewarding when you get to see someone who is struggling with something before not struggle with it anymore or yeah. even like kind of come out with a random win that you didn't even expect kind of like out of like that field and they're like hey even like or like the arches of my feet are here now and it's like wow that's (laughs) something that we weren't exactly working forward toward in particular but but yeah that's a good win yeah it's yeah it's really awesome so i think we're in the right spot dude
1: it's so cool to genuinely help people Mm -hmm. you know and and i think i think sadly a lot of people don't Get to experience what it's like to actually help other people. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people sit in their day jobs and I, I have a day job. Um, and technically, I help a lot of people in my day job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm an IT guy and I make sure that, you know, the company is not going to go under because of a problem. You know, if a major incident comes in that's stopping the company from making money, you know, my, my team is what gets deployed to make sure that issue gets fixed. Yeah. And so technically I'm helping a lot of people, but it, it, do, it doesn't have the same genuine feeling, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm helping this corporate monster, whereas when, you know, being a coach, I'm directly affecting somebody's life and I can watch it happen
0: yeah and I feel it's like it's a, also a, like feeling feeling that connection to that job or that profession and like what you really like doing like if you really yeah. enjoy helping like you're helping regardless in that company and you're definitely helping people but i but like maybe and I'm not like speaking for you, but like maybe you just feel much much better helping people in this health and fitness realm than you do like sure. doing that you know right like, yeah it was so. really you know it was good fun um like weed whacking and mowing and mulching and stuff like that like when I was doing that and I actually did enjoy some of it and it looked nice and I know that I like help some people but like I just get so much more out of helping people with this stuff obviously something that I've been like gearing myself towards my entire life now um it's definitely much more rewarding
1: yeah and so you know that's that's always been part of the plan I suppose is you know I, I work this job um, because it provides the opportunity for me to build what I want to actually achieve and go after in life. yeah you know this this job gives me the income and the stability to work on all of this side stuff I'm doing with you know coaching my own bodybuilding career, the clothing brand, you know now we're doing the podcast like um, you know it's it gives me that opportunity to to do all of these things. Yeah. And uh, and so I, I'm grateful for the job, absolutely. Yeah, for uh, sure. But I know that that job isn't exactly where you know my heart lies, mm. and, and where I think my skills are best put. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, I get I get way more out of you know training and helping people you know learn nutrition and, and training and and those kinds of things versus you know being the it guy yeah agreed yeah (laughs) yeah so you know that's a quick little synopsis on my business life (laughs) right (laughs) a little deep dive
0: sometimes the side (laughs) hustles are necessary though like you can't exactly do what you want to if you're in a tight spot you know it's kind of like you know you listen to other people like gary Vee, for instance or something and you know, you grab yourself a side job and you put that money into something that you really love and yep. until that side job becomes your main job, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or you
0: know, your main job becomes your side job for your side job. Yep. That's now your main job. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always a big advocate for, you know, if you don't love what you're doing you should probably try picking up something that you love doing. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. And, you know, we we can't always just make the jump, right? I mean, we're both pretty young and uh, we can bounce back from bad financial decisions currently.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but, you know, you can't always just hop off from the job you're doing. And that's where you got to take advantage of your hours of the day and be as efficient as you can yeah. um, and pick up something else, Mm
2: -hmm. you know,
1: pick up your your side job or or a a side hustle and, you know, work with it and see what it actually takes and if you actually enjoy it before leaping over, right? Because I think think another thing that happens to a lot of people is uh, we get this idea that we would love to do something um, and then you make that hop over and then you end up realizing that you don't really love it that much, but you're already stuck in it yeah um cough cough that's what college is cough cough um anyway that's <laughs> <laughs> true though <laughs> oh so yeah you know it's it's good to dabble a little bit and if you can put 10 hours a week into something uh i think that's plenty to find out if you actually enjoy doing it and uh if it's something that is possible to become an income or a you know, a full-time job for you. You, uh, you'll be able to find out by just mm-hmm. putting in that ten hours, right? Because you can look at that ten hours that you're spending every week, and if you scale it to forty hours, what more can you accomplish, right? Or, or you know, fifty hours or sixty hours or and so on, right? Like, forty hours doesn't have to be the cap. <laughs> yeah. Right. I definitely work way more than forty hours a week. Hmm. But you that's are. Just-
0: Definitely a busy dude. Always working.
1: (laughs) There's always more you can pile on, you know? I like trying a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah. Which is good because variety is the spice of life, you know? Not many people, they don't really, they don't have the opportunity to figure out what they like because they don't really try anything else outside of what they already know. So, yeah, the best way to kind of figure out what you like is to figure out what you do when you don't like. I always say that to people too, like when they figure out that they don't like something, I usually say good, you know, it's actually it's better that you figure that out now and not 50 years down the road that, hey, I've been doing this job and I hate it. You know, it's better to figure out that you don't like something. It's so
1: much better to find out you don't like something than to down the road go, well, if I would have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. You know, try everything. I, I always tell everybody, you know, take maybe take this with a grain of salt, but take every opportunity that shows up to you. If something shows up, just do it. Just try it. You know? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Especially if you're young. You know, if, if you're your our age, you know, you're in your twenties, you know, even in your thirties, um, and especially if you're in your teens, <laughs> just if an opportunity comes up, whether you know it's it's a job, it's You know, someone asking you to help them with something, a project, Mm -hmm. even just like a fucking dream that comes to you and you're like, that could be interesting. Just do it. Yeah. Right. I agree. (laughs) Just just literally try it out. Yeah. Because worst case, you stop doing it.
0: Yeah. Best case, you love it. Mm hmm. Right. And you keep going
1: and you keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So and it becomes something
0: really cool. Yeah,
1: exactly. So always just try stuff. know I've I've found so many things that I don't like doing and even those things that I don't like doing have taught me something to help me accomplish what I do like doing yeah right and from doing those things that I found out I didn't want to do as a career or even really as as a hobby full-time right I still learned a skill that was valuable you Mm -hmm. know We've all got this toolbox with us.
0: Yeah. At all times. And
1: you just have to keep adding tools. It's not mm-hmm. that you're gonna use all the tools all the time. But there does come a time where you need the right tool for the job. Yeah. And if you haven't had the experience to gain that tool yet, it's gonna make doing that job a lot harder than it needs to be. So just yeah. just try stuff, learn. You know, that's another important aspect of trying things is you, you have to be willing to reflect on what you're doing and what you're learning from it. You know, when, when you're trying stuff out, it's not a point A to point B kind of thing. Yeah. You know, it, it should be taken as a full experience. And you want to learn as much as you can from whoever. And then uh, and then go from there. Yeah. Right. You, you have to be willing and wanting to learn. Yeah. Knowledge, to... knowledge is so big
0: yeah i completely agree completely agree and to like translate that into like this lifting atmosphere go gung-ho in this area expose yourself to as much knowledge as you possibly can and always 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 like reach for more knowledge for more tools to put into your tool belt because when it comes down to it just you know there are going to be things that you don't exactly enjoy and figuring out You know, and just going through those things that you don't enjoy will still make you that much better in the long run because it's just that much more tools in the tool belt for sure.
1: Yeah, especially if you're looking to make the fitness realm a career. Yeah. Right. You got to try and soak up as much knowledge as you can because there's so much to learn. There's so much always being learned. You know, there's the basics, which really should be mastered at an early level. Um, or you should be working to master them at an early level, um, but there's there's so many fine intricacies that come with tuning the human body. Mm-hmm. And everyone's human body is a little bit different, so having the right tools and the right knowledge um, is just overall going to to put you in a much better place yeah. than if you are very you know one mindset there's one path to success all of that you know yeah exactly it's uh, better to know a lot and know where and when to apply it than to only know one thing yeah
2: yep and just yep. be
1: it against the wall yep
0: yeah totally
1: yeah so um take away from all that seek knowledge friends always always seek knowledge always ask questions yes ask lots of questions even if you think the people that you're asking won't answer them you know if if there's people you follow on instagram um especially in in the lifting space a lot of the big guys are actually really nice Um, yeah they're all really nice well i'm not gonna say all of them most of them are really nice um and they respond to their messages because they know that the bodybuilding, lifting community, is very it's really a pretty close-knit community. We're a small niche of people in the grand scheme of things. And, uh, you know, they, they love their fans, right? They live for their fans. And so if you ask them a question, most times you'll get an answer. Yeah. You know. what do you
0: think what's your opinion on uh just asking like the everyday dude versus someone who you might trust a little bit more than others
1: um what do you count as the everyday dude like maybe I the guess. everyday
0: i will not like the everyday dude. Make a scenario but for
1: me <laughs> let's say like we'll
0: use the generic influencer so some dude that if i asked like hey you know, what should what's the best exercise for my chest? And then they happily give you an exercise for your chest. Like would that be a flag to you? Like how do you discern between good knowledge um or misleading knowledge?
1: You know, and maybe this is just because of, you know, who I follow and just my own experience, right? I can only talk from my own experience. Um but the people that i follow on instagram generally have a rhyme and reason to what they post yeah um, you know for me the general influencer i actually have a name for them now uh, haley and i came up with a name for the average influencer I don't know. those are also just people that don't have any I think they're the same Haley says she thinks they're different, but it the general influencer that doesn't really know what they're talking about, but they preach a lot. Yeah. Um I call them wombos. Wombos? Wombos. Yep. Word. I wombo, you yeah, wombos, wombos, everybody he, wombos. wombos right? Because yeah. that's <laughs> this you're right, the study of wombology. Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, they they literally say that. they're like it's just mumbo jumbo this is the best exercise he does it i do it we've studied it right (laughs) to to try and preach and so i call them wumbos um it's just a fun way to talk about them (laughs) i like that i'm
0: gonna take that from you (laughs) all
1: right um but so the people that i follow generally don't um preach like that so i guess I don't really sit in that scenario very often, but I think if you're just getting started, um, and and you don't know who like the good people in the industry are, and you don't you don't have a voice that kind of tells you who the good people in the industry are, um, ask a bunch of people. Yeah, get get a, wa- a wide array of inputs right Mm -hmm. um also uh something that is worth doing is take a look at the person that you're asking yeah right so if if you take a look at a guy on social media and you're like okay he's got a pretty decent upper body but his legs are lacking probably don't ask him about how to train legs yeah right So, you got to ask, you got to take a look at the people and ask their strengths, right? And um, so that's the first thing I would do if you're uh, a beginner beginner and you're looking to start asking people questions. Um, The other piece of advice is don't ask anybody what the best thing to do is. Yeah. (laughs) Uh just because everybody's gonna give you a different answer, you know you what do you do? Um, but don't ask what the best is um just because it's it's totally different. uh likely the people that you're asking are in very different situations than you are. Um, so you gotta keep that in mind when you're asking questions is don't look for a one-size-fits-all answer. I guess is kind of how I want to say it. Um, but to go back to the original question of asking a, a general influencer versus like someone you trust, um, start with someone you trust. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then if that someone that you trust doesn't have an answer for you or their answer doesn't align with you, I suppose, um, ask around, you know, ask yeah. a bunch of people.
0: Yep. Um, yeah. Just kind of getting as much information as you possibly yeah. can.
1: Right. Um, cause everybody's probably going to have a different answer. Yeah. Right? There <clears throat> there's, and there isn't one right answer, I suppose. Right. Yeah. Everybody trains kind of different ways. You know, everybody has different thresholds for different things or, or different exercises and, you know, mechanical advantages for some exercises. So, you know, asking someone, you know, which is better doing a barbell incline press or a Smith incline press, you yeah. know, is, is going to the person that answers um, is completely different from you. And uh, so you know they're depending on who you ask, it's gonna be one or the other. Right. And I was there's gonna benefits, say there's benefits to both. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say like the
0: there's like there's two factors. It's like the person that is asking that kind of a question, like what are the best exercises for my chest or for my back yeah. or for my legs, this, that, and the other. If you're asking that question like right off the bat, you're probably not looking down the right path so to speak you should probably be asking uh, like other questions like you know just kind of just generally what they would do in order to like train their chest or like a mentality around changing their their chest or their back or their legs or something like that or asking for like certain cues or techniques that they could be doing to help them get more out of the out of those lifts whether it's a cable fly or a bench press or a deadlift or something like that I feel like those questions, kind of how can I improve these lifts rather than like what I can do. Um, right. What are some cues?
1: Be, those are yeah. good questions. Yeah. Right? Right.
0: Seriously. The, like I, I always stress that with my clients is to really ask questions and to ask like 3D questions. And that would be a 3D question, like kind of how can I improve A, B, and C to help me improve my lift, right? Like what yes. can I do for my cueing, for my bracing, for my rooting through my feet and my grip positioning and things like that. And then if you look on the other side of the token and then, and then you look at the person that's supplementing you with answers, I would say that generally speaking, if someone gives you like a do this, ABC, and don't go outside of those parameters, then that information is most likely not going to fit your scenario particularly. Absolutely, It's kind of like if I just gave some dude like a random workout right off. Just like, I don't know anything about him or his previous exercising history or what he wants out of it. Like, and I just oh. gave him a program, you know, and I was just like, follow this. That's usually not the best idea. There's probably something a little bit more optimal for you. Um, and then in terms of being too general, you know, you don't want something like, we'll just go in and lift and eat right. You know, like that's a little bit too vague, Right. you know, but if you can in some way kind of guide someone down a proper path, like, just kind of holding their hand for, like, the first little bit, or kind of show them, like, hey, here's how you might want to get from A to to Z, you know, then, you know, and it's a little bit more guided, but still allows you to kind of, like, loosely travel outside of those boundaries, like, kind of wander a little bit, then, you know, I, I would say that's, like, some pretty sound information, you know, but people should not really be saying, like, hey, you should really do, like, like outside of the obvious, obviously you should stick to heavy compounds, but if some dude is like, oh, okay, you're going to rock your chest day, and then you're going to have a back day, and then you're going to have a shoulders and arms day, and then you're going to have a leg day, and then you're going to blast yourself with volume on each of those days, and, you know, it's like, that's just you getting a program and just following it, you know, and just seeing what sticks, which to an extent can work, but there's always something a little bit more optimal out there for you, generally speaking.
1: Yeah, Uh, be careful of coaches that just push volume yeah um so a little little side note of what uh what to look for when looking at a coach um but back to kind of what we were talking about you know if you're at the stage where you're asking what exercises i should do um these are. Uh, I hate the word influencers, but these influencers influencers suck,
0: by the way, if you have any Instagram influencers on your feed, delete them right now. Just seriously, (laughs) like just delete them because they don't they won't offer you anything. But like, you know, an aspiration to have a physique that isn't yours. And they're tricking you into thinking that certain exercises will do better than other exercises. And the information that they're giving you is generally very run of the mill do this, that, here's my cookie cutter program. And they're usually trying to sell you something too. Just delete them off your Instagram. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you.
1: No, you're good. That was spot on. Um, As I was saying, you know, okay, I'm not going to use the word influencers, but people that you follow, that you look up to, I guess, you know, your, your current idols that you would ask the question to of what exercises should I do? They put out so much content now that those are the questions that they don't answer because if you just scroll through their Instagram feed, you'll see what exercises they do, right? If you go to their YouTube channel, you'll see what their chest day looks like. You know, those are the questions that they don't answer because they put so much of that content out there, you know? So if you're at that stage where you're you're wondering what exercises to do, um, you know, one, stick to the basics, get really good at them, yeah. um, but two, just just look, you know, before asking, try to do some of your own research. Mm-hmm. I suppose, you know, look through their page of the people that you want to follow, and look at their YouTube, and you know, just because. You don't want to be that fan that goes directly to them for information that they've already put out. <laughs> that's not how you build a good relationship with them. Right? So, look first when you're about to ask a question.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that's my advice. Yeah. And uh, if, it's not, if it's not out there at all, and go ahead and ask the question.
0: Yeah, and don't get me wrong. Like, I think influencers do one thing in particularly really, really well, and that is motivate. I think that they they can be very good motivators, and that's great. But on the other side of things, like that's like the mental game, but like on the mechanical side of things you moving and, like if these guys aren't talking about kind of how to set up for these lifts or why you're setting up for these lifts or where the implementation for these exercises are inside of your programming like i think the most typical thing you would see is like try this tricep burner like or finisher yeah. at the very burner. end it's like yeah. it's like those words that will motivate you and when you get in there you will feel that because you're obviously you're doing a drop set And you're mechanically bringing failure each time. But just because you've brought yourself mechanically to failure each of those five sets and you totally destroyed your tricep, it doesn't necessarily mean that that had a place in its program. It did a really good job and you felt something and you probably got a really solid stimulus out of it that day. But in the long run, you can't run with it for too long. It will only carry you for so long. So it's like these guys can offer you a good amount in terms of like your mental game and your motivation and maybe even a mentality when you're approaching these sets because learning how to train towards failure is definitely super important. But sure. it doesn't mean that these guys are necessarily there to help you with your actual programming, actually helping you progress your programming, getting you stronger, um, you know, getting you bigger. And I think that that's kind of where... Um, you can look in other directions, kind of take that mental motivation from, from those influencer type of guys, if you will, but then don't take anything else from them. Don't really look at their tricep burners or their quad finishers or this, that, or the other, but then look at really smart guys. You know, you've got Mike Isertel, um, all the guys at 3DMJ, you've got, um, James Hollingshed, JP, um, joe bennett like these guys that were kind of that we that we always kind of talk about these guys that all have a very similar mentality these guys can out push and out all the influencers that i think i've ever seen or come across and their mentality and their motivation their drive and the way that they train mechanically too like everything it's all there so it's kind of like it's not necessarily picking a poison, but like picking your tools and being very selective about the tools that you're putting inside of that tool belt for sure.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, anybody that puts up a post that just goes, you know, throw this into your next leg day or, you know, anything along (laughs) those lines, right. Um, You know, it's probably something that that one time is going to feel wild. Wow. Um, but it's not something to keep in a program.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. And so influencers are really good at just like tossing you random exercises that are going to create like a super new stimulus to you. Yeah. Um, but really, when you're setting up your training program, you want it to last as long as possible doing the same exact thing. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <Did you>? <laughs> Clients. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah. <laughs> so um yeah, you know, when when you're setting up your programming, you don't wanna have to change every six weeks. Yeah. Right? You, a perfect program, you should I mean I've I've followed the same general lifts. For about a year, right? Like my program has changed so minimally, yeah, over the course of a year, mm-hmm. and
0: and real quick, how much times, have you progressed?
1: Oh, okay. Um, what what was
0: Brady RDLing at the beginning of his split, and what is Brady RDLing now one year later, my, not having changed a thing?
1: My very first RDL day. Dude, it was so bad. I think it was like 185 for like six. Yeah. And my lower back was so shot. And I, I was just like fried. Mm-hmm. Granted, you know, it was kind of first day back in the gym after really shit in the bed with a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it was, it was 185 for six and I was just like shot. Yeah. And, and now... Now I'll do 4.15 for 6 and comfortably walk into another set of 3.65 for 15. Yep. So up nearly like 300 pounds almost. Right, exactly. (laughs) Like that. that's part of that is becoming, you know, maximally efficient at the movement. Yep. (laughs) Yep. The other part of that is just hitting it. Every, hard every single time I went into the gym.
2: Yeah, right. Exactly.
1: Like I, from from that day of day one, I was like, I want to be stupid strong at this movement. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was just like my mental goal, and always has been my mental goal to just like always lift better at yep. that specific movement. It clicked well for me. I've always been a hip hinge kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know I'm I'm not a good presser by any means, so. Yeah. I don't um, think a lot it, of people are. Yeah, I'm not a good presser. My squat is shit. Like, my squat's worse than my pressing. Um, maybe. I don't know. Maybe not now. <laughs> your squat? No way. <laughs> maybe your front squat. <laughs> my front squat. Um, and then, <laughs> But my hip hinge has always been good. I've been a deadlift guy for a long time.
0: Mm.
1: I think the first time I deadlifted... The first time I deadlifted 315... I think I was, like, 16 years old. Okay. Um, that was a long time ago. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, it came relatively naturally.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, you nice. know, and then the, the 185 RDL was, one, it was a brand-new movement. Two, I hadn't trained in a long time, so the stimulus was just, like, over the top for me. Yeah. Um, so in, in terms of actual weight progression, um, for the RDL, I'd say I'd probably put on 150, maybe 200 pounds yeah. in my RDL. Fair enough. Um, so still <laughs> yeah. anyway, that, that's, still. you know, that's a really big amount.
0: Yeah. And it that's just goes almost, to show that you don't need to change everything.
1: Right. That's almost a that's more than a pound every other day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um you know, my pressing has increased as well. Like I've before this program I hadn't ever really pressed 225 for reps. And uh and now I comfortably walk in and press it for almost 10 reps. So, it, right. You know, the the progress is there. Yeah. Um and that's because my my general basics have always stayed the same you know Mm -hmm. i i hammer my basics i hit them hard every week you know i i'm working on getting ridiculously strong at them Mm -hmm. in all rep ranges and then um you know my my secondary exercises are kind of what gets changed around but really they're just variations of each other
0: yeah yeah it's usually (laughs) like like some sort of preacher or bicep hammer or something
1: well, so even even like my second movement after my main compound.
0: Oh, got you. Got you.
1: Yeah. So like, you know, we'll talk. So push day, right? I, I flat bench and then I would do some form of an overhead press. At one point, it was dumbbells. At one point, it was a barbell overhead press. At one point, it was a overhead pin press Mm -hmm. um and currently it's a smith overhead press yeah but they're all overhead presses (laughs) yes right so like the movement didn't really change just our variation of it did
2: Mm -hmm. how long would you say you switch between those variations
1: probably about 12 weeks okay yeah
2: Um, that's a lot
1: of time you know Part of it was quarantine, right? I, you know, when we were doing dumbbell was when I was initially in the gym before quarantine um, and I had dumbbells that went up heavy enough. Yeah. Um, and then uh, quarantine happened and I was working out in the gym, I mean, in my, in my little basement gym. And so really all I had was a barbell and a rack. I had dumbbells, but they only went up to... 50 pounds, and uh, it just wasn't enough progressive runway for me.
2: Yeah.
1: So then that was when it moved to overhead press as a second movement. And then right towards the end of my diet, um, yeah, probably about a week or two before the end of my diet, we moved to a pin press. Um, and I think that was really just to regain control in the bottom of the movement. Um, and then I worked out in my storage unit, which still, I really only had a rack and a barbell. Um, so that, that stayed at pin press. And then now I'm back in the gym. And we were going to leave it at pin press. Um but there's only two racks in the gym. And with my first movement being a flat press, I didn't want to be the asshole that takes up a rack for like an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, let's move it to something else. Yeah. <laughs> and so we moved to Smith Press. You know. Okay. So really, most of those changes were a result of my environment changing.
2: Okay, got you.
1: Um, and not because I necessarily had to change them. Right. Like I I could still, I could still be, um, dumbbell overhead pressing and I'd still have runway. Right. (laughs) Um, so that's, uh, that's what I mean by like my, my basic movements stay the same. My secondary movements mostly stay the same other than they're just variants of each other. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, my third movement, that's generally pretty consistent, actually. It, it doesn't change much. Again, it's just like variations of each other.
0: Yeah. You know? Like they, what you're they not go to
1: accomplish. They go to accomplish the same thing. Like on legs, my third movement is a lunge or a Bulgarian, you know, mm. something unilateral. My third movement is generally a unilateral movement yes yeah um you know that way one i am working unilaterally right because that is important (laughs) if if in your program you don't have any unilateral movements uh you should definitely get one of those in there especially on your legs
0: completely agree dude yeah no unilateral chest press come on
1: yeah don't do that
0: no yeah don't don't be pressing with just one arm use both of your arms when you're pressing but with legs it's a little bit different yeah (laughs) and i guess like dumbbell row is an exception if you're gonna one-arm dumbbell row that's fine but but if you have two dumbbells in your hand press use both of your hands at the same time
1: use both of your hands yes (laughs) yeah chest is the only one that i can't think of like a decent unilateral movement Maybe,
0: like, a I it's never been done before. Like, a one-arm cable fly where you're, like, hanging on real tight and super braced. That's, like, one instance I could see it. But I would never do that. You wouldn't catch yeah, me doing
1: I, that. I wouldn't do that. Right. No. Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't do so, it. So, like, chest is kind of the exception there. But, you know, I, I really like unilateral movements for my back. hmm You know, I love single-arm cable rows. I think it, it allows me... To get the proper amount of, you know, stretch into it and, yeah. and allow me to put myself in a position where I'm actually fully stretching my lat. Yeah. And you're um, controlled
0: and braced.
1: Exactly. And because if I use both of my arms in a cable row, I can't quite position my hips right to stretch both of my lats maximally. Yeah. And then. When I row it, I also can't – with a single arm, you can get a slight, a slight twist and pinch to the side. You know, when I do single arm, I, ha- I have a slight lean over to one side, yeah. which allows me to fully shorten my lat. Yeah. You can't do that if you're doing both. Um, so unilateral work when you're, uh, you're doing lats is awesome. And even even upper back, you know, you can do one arm dumbbell rows. I think that's that's a pretty staple for a lot of people. Mm. That was that was a movement that I definitely learned like early in my lifting career. We called them lawnmowers. <laughs> nice, because <laughs> it looked like you were trying to pull start a lawnmower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> do they even make those anymore? I don't know. I don't know either, dude. Honestly. dude, I saw some <laughs> dude
0: on a freaking leaf blower, but it was like. This man was, like, riding a giant leaf blower. Like, I haven't really seen this before. I've seen the push blowers, like, giant push blowers, but this thing yeah. had wheels, and it was massive. That was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. A little sidetrack.
1: Uh, um, that's yeah. funny. Um, Yo, quick question, uh, yeah. dude.
0: Um, what happened to you? Do you still, where, where is your rack right now? Is it just chilling in a storage unit?
1: It's still in my storage unit, yeah. Okay, all right, dope. Yeah. I pay an odd amount of money. To have a storage unit (laughs) with my lifting equipment. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. fine. I keep trying to I keep trying to convince the gym owner to expand into the next building over. And I'm like, if you expand, I'll bring my rack and my weights in. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I'll provide the equipment, you provide the space, everybody wins. You know, then we have a third rack and my rack is fucking awesome because it's also got weight storage on it and it's just like is it's an old double? cybex rack oh okay <laughs> got you got you yeah, yeah yeah so it's like the old stupidly heavy duty cybex rack yeah um it is heavy as hell <laughs> <laughs> like near 100 but, um, pounds like yeah like four 400 500 pounds really yeah, I remember moving it. That was an interesting day. I did it that's by myself. A, that's a heavy rack. <laughs> that's a heavy-ass yeah. rack. Because it's a, it's a four-post rack, and it's got weight storage connected to the back. So really, it's six posts.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: And it's like nine feet tall. Nine, eight, eight feet tall. And it's not like two-by-two two square tubing, it's like, it's like two by like four.
2: The okay. thing is intense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like I sent you a picture of it, but yeah. And it's got, it's got a pull-up bar on the front. Nice. And then, yeah. And then I've got two bars and like 600 pounds in weight.
2: That's really nice.
1: And a cable machine. I forgot. That I is
0: really that. Nice. <laughs> Did you sell that pulley too? Yeah. Cool.
1: Yeah. So I got some. You do got the setup though. Yeah.
0: How much was that setup estimated? What do you think? Just because we might be going into lockdown again, knock on yeah. wood. Not yeah. saying it, but I'm saying it.
1: Um, probably all together. Two. Well, probably a little bit more than that. Two and a half, maybe.
2: Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough.
1: Well, let's see. Okay, so the rack and the I mean, bench those... together, yeah, was fifteen hundred. And then the cable machine was another like three, dollars hundred. Um, oh shit, we're gonna we we might go oh, way yeah. higher. I yeah, thought okay, like in the three area. <laughs> the, yeah, the bar the bar was another three. Yeah,
0: and the oh, weights, bro. The weights the are all weights. False. get them out. Is that like two bucks a pound now?
1: Yeah. No, I actually got all my weights before lockdown was even a thing. (laughs) You motherfucker, Dude, I I think I predicted it. Like I got all of, well, except for the rack because I upgraded my rack. But I I bought my original rack and the bar and all my weights in like November.
0: Yeah. Dude, you were really (laughs) early.
1: Yeah. And then lockdown happened. I was like, well, good thing I have everything. <laughs>
0: wow! But uh, yeah, you re- you beat it. Yeah, definitely. Beat the- you beat the game, <laughs> sir. Congratulations! You won cool. all the dumbbells and barbells I before won. they were obscenely priced.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I've got all that stuff. How do we even get here?
0: I have no idea. <laughs> Maybe we should dig into some questions.
1: <laughs> we should probably dig into some questions oh man if, we're uh, like an hour in <laughs> yeah did you yeah, want to you want to start question, off yeah. with
0: with some um i'll see if anyone is putting in any uh, celeb calls here <laughs> i've only got like a couple of views so there's no celeb calls in yet no
1: celeb calls. all right much. um real quick and like yeah real a, quick a base <laughs> a basic rundown uh what's your plans for 2021
0: I will be completely honest. I haven't really sat down and thought about them or written them out. Um, But ballpark, I would love to be in the 150s. All right. Definitely. Barbell, RDLing, three plates. That would also be dope.
1: I um, think you can do that. Yeah, you did I think it's five yesterday, right?
0: Yeah. Um, for eight, so yeah, I'm try, I'll probably rock it one more time, push it up into that ten rep range, maybe, and maybe increase what, load a little bit.
1: What is your rep range on that?
0: Uh, my six to eight is two fifty five right now, and then my twelve to fifteen ish is like one, or I'm sorry, two oh five.
1: Yeah. That's not right. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah.
1: I always move up and wait if I hit eight. When you hit eight, that's when you move up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes even if I hit seven. Oh yeah? <laughs> and you're like yeah. We're yeah. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes I hit seven. I go back and watch the video. I'm like, we'll go up next week. Weird. And then yeah, I'll get six. honestly, I'll be like spot on.
0: <laughs> Two fifty five moved real well. Like I'd be yeah. confident with. 275 on there honestly I, I think my opinion
1: yeah i think you could do it um i think there's like a couple minor tweaks that we yeah. can make with your rdl
0: mm-hmm. um what are some of your I suggestions
1: think, just like right off the
0: bat just from kind of
1: watching yeah, it. i know you so, don't really get
0: to see too much though
1: uh my first one when you're setting up um so i, I set up from from bottom up feet with your toes, imagine you're like a bird, right? So normally we just sit our feet flat. Think about actually gripping the ground, like curl your toes into the ground.
0: Yeah, okay. Um,
1: So start there and then, you know, kind of adjust yourself so that your bar is is straight all the way up, you know, the bar's in your hands, It's straight all the way up to your shoulders, and your shoulders are over midfoot. Okay. Because I think what's happening um, is you're standing up, and you're just sitting a little bit far back. Yeah. um, And which is why when you go to come down, the bar taps your knees, and then you push your butt out of the way. Got you. Um, Because at the top of your movement, you're actually sitting over your heels. Mm. you're sitting weight over your heels.
0: Yeah, that I can which actually
1: then, Which then when you come down, the bar is going to try and go through your knees to go over your heels. Yeah. So you have to set yourself over center, um, which then will push it out just a little bit further, which is going to clear your knees and come over midline.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah, I can, I definitely see what you're saying with, my shoulders being above my heels cause I definitely want like I'm standing like straight up. Right. And I usually don't think too much about bar over midline immediately. And then right upon my initiation, I usually keep that bar pretty tight. So, so next time I'll I'll definitely, I'll aim like a little bit further, like right off the get go for sure.
1: My toes though,
0: my toes are definitely like taloned into the ground just like that though. For sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So when, when you're starting, um, start with the bar already over midfoot. Yeah. Yeah, you know, when you go to initiate down, make sure you're already balanced over center foot because if you're in the movement and you have to then make an adjustment over to be over midfoot, you're just you're wasting efficiency essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is also going to change the way you build tension in your glutes and hammies on the way down, which is going to affect your transition back up. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. We're... So, yeah, those we're are just, just uh, some tips.
0: Next week, we shall see. Next week,
1: two seventy-five. Yep, two seventy-five. Get those tips. You see those dollars. tips? You'll be like, we're gonna do it for ten. Oh, <laughs> fuck yeah! <laughs> no, it, uh, it should help. Yeah. It should help. I think so. Too. It's just like, you know, it, it's one of those things where you just try and get the the bar. Imagine this is the end of the bar. And you literally just want it to move like this. Yeah, straight up and down. Yep. And so for that to
0: to keep it tight is definitely from the past, just keeping that bar like really tight to myself. So it's, it's, that's one of those cues that I've, I have been kind of working on trying to set the bar like just in front of my laces, kind of like Gloss says. Um, Mm -hmm. But I still do find myself pretty tight with that bar. So I'll just get a little bit hot and heavy with those cues. Yeah. Hopefully. yeah, through.
1: I mean, so, in your very last warm-up set, you know, your, your one rep, just, like, do it all extra slow.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? So, you set up with the bar, and then grip your feet in, tighten up your glutes, and then just think over-center, right? Set yourself so you, that you're over-center, and then once you're there, I think you're, you're doing the right thing with bringing your shoulders over the bar to start the lowering process. But because you're not over center, you run into your knees. Mm-hmm. Right? Because the bringing your shoulders over the bar is what allows the bar to actually just go straight down from its starting point. Yeah. And if your starting point is over your heels, which is over your knee under your knees it's just going to go right there yeah right Mm -hmm. so you kind of have to you have to start it's going to look like you're like this right like so my hips are
0: slightly hinged behind me
1: yeah
2: okay
1: yep so like you're kind of standing like this at the top of a rep yeah if you just pull a little bit forward it's going to set the bar over midline all
0: right OK,
1: um, that'll also help you actually feel the tension in your glutes before starting, because when when you do that lockout, it takes all of your tension and, and setup that you do at the start with your glutes. Um, it, it just takes it all away because you're, yeah. you're actually contracted.
0: Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so I'll definitely be the the hips back as well. Instead yep. of like shoulders like too far over, I'll be cueing hips back. I think definitely that that'll be a solid cue for me, just so I can start over midline for sure.
2: Pardon. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So
1: give that a try. We uh, much appreciated two seventy five. I'm coming we'll...
0: for you, little bitch. Now <laughs> <laughs>
1: we'll uh, we'll take a look at it when uh when you do it. Um. Uh, but yeah, so getting thick for twenty twenty one.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Um. You know. I'm also just hoping that we don't go into lockdown again. That's yeah. Thing. I You know, I just, I don't know. If that does happen, it's just going to, we'll just treat it like a little mini, mini cut or something. I guess we'll get even leaner than we were before, but try to not lose weight at the rate that we did. That will definitely be the objective.
1: If lockdown happens, you can just come live with me. We'll train in the storage unit.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude. I was gonna say I'm gonna need some <laughs> weights,
1: so
2: Yeah.
0: you know, where's comes like what I'm hoping for is they if they do shut down New York, I do have Connecticut there, so hopefully Connecticut stays open. That's true. But Connecticut apparently has seen an influx in cases and la 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 la. So Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I uh I have a client who's out in California. And uh, he, he just told me, I think it was yesterday. Yesterday or a couple days ago, he goes, yep, California just shut down. No. <laughs> like Shit. Shit. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, that <laughs> so, does suck. So right there, I had to make a quarantine program. Yeah.
0: What do you think? What's a good idea? Well, I guess, well, let's go into some of your goals, too. Um, but okay. I think it'd be cool if we talked about, like, what we would do.
1: Quarantine training. Yeah,
0: if we were just kind of to run ourselves through like a little mock four week uh, quarantine, like what would we do, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Um, so I'll cover my plans real quick. Uh, 2021 is going to be a super long offseason, hopefully. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can't get too sloppy and I don't think we will. Um, but, you know, there's always the chance that we go too far and we have to we have to pull back. Um, but we uh, the plan is to do a long off season and just put on as much size as possible um, while generally keeping some shape. So we're uh, we're taking it a little bit slow with, with calorie bumps and and all that stuff. But really, we're just going to get strong and big. <laughs> yep. it's going to be a pretty simple year you know uh, training wise it probably isn't going to look incredibly different from what I've been doing yep. um, just because I don't really see a reason for my training to change all that much it covers my bases exactly as I need it to Um, mm-hmm. and I recover exactly how I need to day to day from it so yeah. uh, my training is pretty optimized uh, so that won't really change but well, we're just gonna get as big as we can, you know. Um right now, this morning, I weighed in like one eighty three flat, which really is actually twenty pounds up from the end of my diet. So uh wow. we're uh yeah, so <laughs> we're we're pushing pretty hard right now. Um I've really kinda poofed up in legs um relatively recently, uh since the diet. So my legs are kind of soaking up all the all the cows that I'm eating right now. Um, Coming right to the booty, <laughs> just, dude, it is. Yeah, my <laughs> like, ass is just getting big. That's it. <laughs> Can't complain. Can never Whoa. have too much booty. Yeah, but honestly, I, I'm really hoping to develop some size in my chest uh, this off season. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's one of those really subtle lacking parts for me right now like what at the end of my diet what I was really focused on was my adductors and uh, my outer quad sweep. so like I I wanted to really grow my legs
2: (laughs) Uh
1: Um, that was that was the plan uh, coming out of the diet was to make sure I really hammered like my quads uh, my quads properly and my adductors uh, which has been going to plan Um, but also looking at it um, from an overall standpoint, I definitely need to put some, some actual size into my chest, um, just because especially in something like a front double, uh, my chest just kind of disappears. Okay. Um, so looking at it that way, um, I really want to get some size in my chest. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm slowly bringing up my arms. Uh, they, my own, it's funny. I, from the very beginning of my training, I actually uh, I just looked. Um, and I started training like six years ago, almost to the date. <laughs> oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. I, I was looking through my Instagram, and I had a photo on there that I took of my back. From the day before my very first back day ever. <laughs> and then I compared it to, you know, some, you know, I guess a couple weeks after my cut. So when I was nice and full, yeah. I had some back photos. It was pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> but, dude. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've, I've been training, you know, almost six years to the date. Yeah. and uh i've been so unbro about my training that i just never trained arms yeah like i literally never trained arms they're probably my least favorite body part to train hmm. um totally and so opposite. i just <laughs> i just totally pushed them away and uh now i'm really uh feeling the effects of that cuz my <clears> arms are stupidly lacking. Yeah. Um so but slowly getting some size there, you know. Obviously the overall goal is to just put on size everywhere, mm-hmm. but uh if we can kind of catch up some body parts in this year, uh that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So, for sure. After 2021's done, we'll uh see where we're at and uh maybe Maybe step on stage in 2022. Who knows? Perhaps, but, perhaps. Yeah, definitely, definitely need a long off season. Do you have anything in specific you're looking to like really bring up?
0: Yeah, I was gonna maybe double back to here just to get a little more particular, <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, basically kind of like the same thing. Just take like a really nice long off season, pretty much continuing my 10 year off season that I've been doing. <laughs> and um <laughs> just you know i will say though that like we may have been training for so long but i think that we've made more gains in the later
1: years than we have our entire time years. training yeah. Yeah. yeah so like i kind of i break my my training years up into different sections i'm like like eras the first yeah the first like 3ish years I really had no idea what I was doing at all, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I was just, I was training because I liked training and I was having a good time. You know, I mean, I originally started, I guess I've actually been training longer than six years, but my first year of being in the gym was mostly just like losing weight and doing cardio because I was a pretty hefty young boy. Um, so I've been six years of weight training um probably 7 years in the gym.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um but you know my first 3 years ish were just like wandering doing whatever sounded fun burnouts all the time. Yeah, you know that yeah. kind of stuff, right? Drop set <laughs> blast my drop muscles set. away. Need more. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to drop set this and superset it.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then drop set that superset.
1: Yes. <laughs> Now then we're going to go hey legs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh so yeah, my first 3 years were like so mindlessly lost. Um and then, you know, probably the next 2 years after that, I really just power lifted. Yeah. You know, I I loved powerlifting. I still love powerlifting. Like that's that's kind of why a lot of my training I guess in my head is just oriented on like beating the logbook because mm-hmm. I just love smashing bigger weights. Yeah. I'm just like, we're going to lift as heavy as we possibly can. Yeah. And uh, you also have a really you know, good mentality
0: in terms of pushing your movement proficiency towards the upper limits as well.
1: That I think came from powerlifting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> uh, just because in powerlifting, you have to be as efficient as possible yeah to be good right yeah. you know or or you want to be because the goal is to lift as much weight as you possibly can at your body weight
2: yeah.
1: right and to do that you have to be efficient as hell like you, you just mm. do and, and so yeah, that's, dude. You know, that's where
0: I'm like getting nickled <laughs> and dimed over here with my RDLs at like 140 pounds, man. You're telling me <laughs> I'm like maybe 155.2 yeah. today.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's that's kind of where the movement proficiency thing that kind of pushed into my head was from powerlifting and just you know trying going in there and trying to be you know, the best as uh as I can. Right. And uh I think then I still wasn't programming as effectively as I could have. Um yeah. which ultimately led me to injuries. Um and so then no I uh I got
2: injured about
1: 20 2 years ago? No. Year and a half ago. We'll say year. And a half. Yeah, right in my shoulder. Um just cuz like I was pushing bench really hard. Um and uh I let myself get kind of sloppy with it. And uh it just ended up screwing all sorts of stuff up in here. Yeah. Um, right in here. <laughs> and so then I, honestly, I, I was really upset about it. Like, cause I, I was, I was making really good progress. I was feeling great. Like, I was, I was, I was pretty happy with, with what I was accomplishing, you know. Um, and then I got hurt. And it kind of really put me in the dumps, Um, Mm. you know. And then I started getting really busy with, you know, side hustles and and that kind of stuff that I wanted to pick up. And I just I just stopped lifting, you know, because, you know, it. I mean, it hurt to sleep on.
0: Yeah. Right. (laughs) It sucks having an injury.
1: Yeah. And so it uh, I just didn't I didn't deal with it very well. So I stopped lifting for a long time and uh, I was like, well, I guess that's just the end of my career. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yep, closing up shop here. Nothing left. Yeah. It was a little bit dramatic, but, <laughs> and then I, I turned 21 I moved out of my parents' house and, um, then I started drinking all the time. You know, I'd come home and drink and I got my corporate job and that was exhausting. And, and then, uh, it was, uh, it was just a handful of things and I ended up putting a ton of weight on, you know, I, I got to the heaviest I'd ever been in my life ever, mm. you know, when I was lifting and I did a bulk, I, uh, I consistently got stuck at like 178 as like the heaviest I could get. And I mm. just like, couldn't get any heavier. You know, I wasn't, I, again, I wasn't intelligently programming anything. Yeah. Um, You know, and and I also I wasn't tracking as smartly as I probably could have. But I kept getting stuck at like one seventy eight. And uh and then I stepped on the scale after a while and I was like one eighty five and I'm like shit like it like it just hit me. I I stepped on the scale and then I looked myself in the mirror. I'm like, What have you done? I got chonky. (laughs) Yeah, I like I was just like, it blew my mind. (laughs) And, you know, then I bought all that stuff. I bought all the equipment. And because I just, I wasn't comfortable going back to the gym again. Mm. Because the gym that I went to, I knew everybody, right? And everybody knew who I was in that gym. I I mean, I've been training there since I was freaking 15. Yeah, (laughs) And... I just I wasn't comfortable going back knowing that they'd see who I had become. Mhm. And uh so I trained in my basement for a little bit. And then, you know, I still didn't really fix my habits all that well, but I was getting back into it, you know. It started like 3 days a week. I would I would just go down there and I would train and I'd try and just like feel good about what I was doing. And then it started to become a little bit more regular and a little bit more regular and then I was at a point where I was training every day again and then you know it was it was the new year and right at the end of January I was like hey Nick I see you're coaching people yeah and then I hopped on board with Nick and he's taught me loads and loads and loads of things and mm-hmm. you know everything is now so intelligently tracked and programmed and it's uh, it's been quite fruitful yep and so uh yeah no in this last year what i've progressed is like leaps and bounds leaps beyond and bounds. Yeah. my previous years yeah you right? did more in that, that last year than you did the exact almost and, entire six right and that goes to show just like what having a coach and what you know properly tracking things does yeah you know and, and like getting a good source of knowledge does Mm -hmm. and being in the right environment does it's, it's all of these things. And, you know, I think anybody that lifts long enough, they eventually have that breakout kind of year where everything clicks Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, they start to make more progress than they've ever made. Yeah. It's kind of like stocks.
0: You like, you make a good investment. (laughs) You, you know, you make the investment to do things properly Mm -hmm. to start off on the right path. And then eventually after a little bit of time, it's hard to see your investment pay off in the beginning, but then after a couple of years, you know, things might take off. Yep. And they take off, you know? Yep. And you do more on yeah. that last year than you did in the past six. It's
1: like ninety exactly.
0: percent of the right. the load was done in the last ten percent.
1: Yeah. But you you know, you gotta keep you gotta keep at it, you know. Yeah, you can't give up.
0: Don't pull yep. those stocks out too soon. That's right. <laughs>
1: like me. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, if if I I wish I'd known the people then that I know now. Yeah. Um because we would have been able to rehab my shoulder properly and like been back at what I was doing so much quicker. And uh but either way, all water under the bridge at this point, you know. Exactly. I'm I'm the biggest and strongest I've ever been like hell yeah (laughs) like I woke up at 183 this morning and I'm not fat (laughs) yeah leaner than ever like yeah it it is fun to like I look at my weight now and then you know at the same weight almost a year ago at this point they're just like totally different humans yeah yeah for sure so it's awesome man yeah anyway so that's plans for 2021
0: yeah man, get chonky.
1: We're just get chonky. We're just going to get big. Yep. <laughs> All right, I got another question. All right. This guys, is a would you should... rather. No, okay. Would you rather have great leg genetics or arm genetics?
2: Great leg genetics.
1: Agreed. 100%.
2: Great leg genetics for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I just think that when it comes down to it, like a sick set of wheels is just like way cooler than like having some cool arms. Agree. I just, in my opinion, and maybe that's just because I'm someone, not that I even have either, but if I was to say (laughs) one was better than the other, I would say my arms are most likely a little bit better than my legs. Definitely. So maybe that's me just like wanting better legs, but I just think
1: that bigger legs are much more impressive than bigger arms. Yeah. I think, I think the people that generally use best arm genetics are people that don't or don't think about ever stepping on stage. Yeah. Because arm genetics are what's going to look good when you're wearing a t shirt or if you're at the beach. Right. But no, I would, I would much rather have amazing leg genetics. Yeah. Just like, like, don't get me wrong.
0: I think having, like, a cool set of arms is, is also cool, but I just think oh, it's sure. much more respectable when someone has, like, some crazy quads some crazy or, like, their guys. hammies just look pregnant, you know what I mean? Or their calves are just, like, absolutely massive. I just think that that's way more impressive. I mean, if it's, like, yeah. a genetic component, there is genetics, but, like, generally sure. speaking, those guys that have the good genetics, they end up with even more killer pairs of legs. Like, I just right. think that you know, there's a, it's, like, a lot more work, a lot more dedication. It's pretty hard to build a solid pair, pair of wheels so there's a lot of respect for that so yeah
1: and legs just look sick like yeah a, a set of shredded legs just yeah. look so sick <laughs> yeah. i guess to the like... point.
0: sometimes i show kelsey like uh like some like pros you know what i mean mm-hmm. like actual like pros that are in like the olympian stuff and she like can't get over like she's like oh my god she's like do you like that I, like like yeah. she'll see like the tear drops like the yeah like the, Vass's mead and the and she'll be like, "Why is from bad? Morris? Yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, like a, a six set of legs. Yeah, it's is so cool yeah exactly. the The only bad part about it is just like wearing anything other than like sweatpants. Yeah,
0: right. I mean, I haven't had that issue yet, so right a <laughs> get kind of tight on me, but that was it, <laughs> probably from like middle school,
1: <laughs> yeah. uh but yeah so i think we're both in agreement on like genetics i do yeah i think so too um (laughs) yeah i'm i'm so interested to see like what my genetics actually look like (laughs) right because really i don't know you know i won't know what my genetics shape out to be until I've put on like the majority of the muscle that I'm gonna put on.
2: Yeah,
0: dude, I posted a a thing on my story. It was like, like, do you ever want? It was it, it was just like a question. It was like, do you ever want to like see your genetic potential? You know what I mean? It wasn't me like throwing That's out a like, question. like, hey, who wants to come work out and like or be a part of like my coaching thing? It was really just a general question. Like, hey, like, are you an individual who's genuinely interested in seeing what their body has to offer? You know, what I mean, yeah. it's like it's almost like seeing how smart you could be if you just right. really took the time to be as smart as humanly possible. And I, it's like hard to measure that, like intellect or whatever. But it's just like you know, yeah. generally just sitting down and learning on on a lot of things, like seeing how far you can push that IQ. It's like your body right now. If you're someone who doesn't train at all, your body has so much potential to grow. Like your tissue yeah. has so much potential to grow. You've got. Years of progression ahead of you if you're someone who's not really in this game. And it's like, I always walk, like, a, you know, I just like walking down the street or something, and you just like look at random people. And like, generally speaking, you can tell like who works out, who kind of doesn't. Yeah. But like, at the same time, it's like looking at the people that like don't work out or like maybe haven't worked out before, or they look like they kind of haven't, or they're like maybe not in the gym currently. It's like, just thinking yeah. about the genetic potentials or, like, how many, like, Olympians there are just, like, walking around you that never were around. Olympians, yeah. that were just never Olympians, you know what I mean? And they don't even yeah. know it themselves, but had they had, you know, had they just taken a different path, like, back in the day? Yeah, like had, they like picked had up a somebody
1: wave, said one thing that was different in their life and yeah. they decided... Push the man of the gym.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. It's like they could have been an Olympian. Maybe not, but maybe, maybe not. they had those it's genetics like, to be an Olympian, you know? It's like it's cool to think yeah. about that. Like there could be a few like, of them walking around you. You could be one of them listening to this podcast. Could you could, you could be, be one of them too, Brady, and I, I just might be. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: I don't think I could. I don't think so.
0: Who knows, man? Yeah. I got to give it some time. <laughs>
1: yeah but we'll find out i think i've got decent shape but well, we'll see yeah,
0: definitely and the more we keep working at we're only going to look better and better you know so yeah
1: yeah I don't think i'm just I'd like any worse i'm i'm a big dude I'm not i'm not a big dude I'm, <laughs> I'm like i'm like big on symmetry yeah and so if i don't come out to be like symmetrical I'm going to be really upset. (laughs) You're going to be (laughs) kind of tight. (laughs) I'm going to be kind of upset. Like, my back, for instance. Um, From my cut and and looking at everything, I actually have a really decently symmetrical back. Okay. And so, that better stay.
2: (laughs) (laughs) If you ask me,
0: dude, I think it should. I think it'll stay, if you ask me. I have seen what you're saying though. I've seen dudes that will hit it like a back double and like, like one, one of the sides of yeah. their, yeah. Like one side's a little bit off than the other. Like that's they, awesome.
1: have, they yeah. have like one rhomboid that's shorter than the that other. That was the one I was going to say. It. The rhomboid Dude, like comes it. down so a more than the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I'm like, I'm praying. You
0: know, I'm all self-conscious now, Brady. God damn it. <laughs> I'm
1: afraid my back doubles. I'm praying that as I get bigger, <laughs> that, like I stay symmetrical yeah Um, i think you you will. i I think i've got the right insertions for it
0: yeah Um, i was gonna say i think it comes more down to like insertions slash doing things improperly forever (laughs) maybe you'll get that adaptation like that but but generally speaking you you definitely have most of your boxes checked off in terms of achieving some similarities in the future
1: yeah i'm really trying to grow some like actual quad sweep yeah my legs are really weird so If you look at my legs from the side, my rectus femoris actually puts a nice, like, front sweep to my legs. Um, You know, if you look at any of my side photos, you'll see that my leg isn't just, like, straight down. It has, like, a nice round to it. Mm -hmm. But if you look at me from the front, my quads are, like, fucking squares. (laughs) Yeah, you do have some blocky quads. I know. And, like, I, I want the roundness. Yeah. And so what I've really been trying to focus on is, like, well, I was doing some reflecting the other day, and I, and I thought about when I'm hitting my legs, I've never really felt, like, my outer sweep in any quad movement that I do. And so I've been trying to, like, make that a mental note to figure out that connection. Because, mm-hmm. like, I can, I can hit my teardrops. I can hit my rectus femoris, but, like, I just can't hit, like, the lateralis. Okay. And, yeah, that is that is interesting. Right. Um. But when I finally got on this pendulum squat that I've been hitting a lot recently, I, like, found it. And so hmm. I've just been hitting that a ton. <laughs> <laughs> now you're just running with it. Yeah, I'm just running with it. I actually really like the pendulum squat. I didn't like it at first, but I, I really like it now. Um, okay. It took me some adjusting to like figure out the stance and everything on it, but I'm actually a big fan of it now.
0: Yeah. I also I like the pendulum at my place, too. I like facing mm-hmm. towards it, though, the way that you also face. Yeah. I like facing towards it rather than away from it.
1: Yeah, so like sitting into it so that you're facing out – I think it's supposed to replicate like a hack squat. Yeah. But it's awkward. I, it is really awkward to hit actual depth. You either have to push your butt way back because of how the pendulum, you know, went, it's on an arc. So it does this, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so you pass here, this is like nineties, but then to hit the bottom, right. bottom to, for like actual knee flexion, you then have to stick your butt back. Yeah. And uh, I don't like that.
0: It's like trying to do a hack with your hips hinged to like near 90 degrees, is kind of what it feels yeah. like to me. It's weird. It's overly It's hip-hinged. really
1: weird. Yeah. But yeah. So, like, but doing it as an actual squat, mm-hmm. like a pendulum squat, um, I like it. I'm a big fan.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and for sure.
1: Yesterday, I've been in a really weird funk, but yesterday, in my leg day. Um I actually didn't RDL yesterday. I was supposed to and I didn't. I know.
0: I didn't I know. lunge yesterday. I should. <laughs> but I <laughs> I should have I, uh, I didn't I, I called it.
1: <laughs> you know, my my water intake has been really bad the last couple of days. Um and I think it's been affecting like my recovery, like I've just been tired mm. the last couple of days. Um, you know, I don't know why I'm going to blame it on my water and fix my water and see if that's it. Um, but so going into the session, I was just really tired. Mm. I was like, I don't want to do RDLs today because I know I'm just not going to have the output that I need. Um, so I kind of like, toss it off to the side and instead I switched it to which actually I did I really didn't hit hamstrings at all yesterday other than some ham curls (laughs) I switched it to a quad day because I want quads um and so I hit the pendulum and I hit it heavy you know I did six plates per side for 10 um that was pretty good I was I wanted to do seven But I couldn't find any more matching plates. And I was like, alright, six it is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, So, I did that. I think I can actually take it further than I did. um, But I didn't want to push it too far. And then I did down set at five plates for like 20. Um, And then... After that... I did a stupid set. So... I went to the Smith machine and I set it up like a hack squat. So I I set up in the Smith and then I set my feet so that my heels were actually in front of the midline of the poles. Right. So if you're doing if you're doing like a Smith squat, like a normal squat on a Smith machine, you know, you'll set your midline right at where the bar is going to come down. If you want to set it up to be like a hack. You just uh, you take about a step in front of it um, so that your heels are just in front of where, you know, the Smith poles are. Yeah. Um, and I just put one plate on each side. I was also coaching somebody while doing all of this. Um, and uh, so I loaded up his weights for it because it's in his program to do that. And he was doing sets of 20. And so, I did a set of 20. I was like, well, that was fun. That felt good. And uh, and so, I uh, I looked over at my friend Chris. Um, I was like, Chris, give me a number. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I love playing this game. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, give me a number. And uh, he didn't say anything at first. And the owner of the gym at, at the very front just goes, 45. And... And Chris goes, 45? I was thinking, like, 90. <laughs> oh. And so, so they went, well, add them together. 135.
0: <laughs> Did you do 135 reps?
1: I didn't make it to 135. I got, <laughs> I got 100. I got 100. Right. Got you. Um, 100 with two rest pauses. Nice. And I just, like, I cardiovascularly could not do any more. Like, I just collapsed. <laughs> I, was, I was so shot. Um, but yeah, that, that was pretty wild. Um, Put some
0: hair on your chest.
1: Yeah. You know, it, I keep challenging my sanity.
2: Yeah. I saw It's like,
1: it's like, I just, I don't know. I put it in my Instagram post yesterday. I was like, I don't know what I'm looking for, but everything that I do right now just doesn't seem like enough. And uh, so I keep like throwing these crazy sets at me just to like see what I'm made of.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And uh, I don't know, it's been really weird. It's just like I've been throwing these sets at
0: yourself a lot recently.
1: Maybe like once a week, once every other week. It's not like every session. And I only do stupid sets on leg days. (laughs) Okay.
0: So, I'm just thinking about like other variables that could be affecting like how you're feeling too because like if you're doing it you know if you're really pushing it like systemically you can theoretically speaking you can really only tolerate so much you know right but I know that yeah, you, keep no, it, my... you keep some good tabs on on how you're feeling though
1: yeah no my I'll after that after doing the 100 my CNS was fried
0: I was gonna say,
2: I, I, yeah. I think
1: I think I laid on the floor for like ten minutes. Yeah, for sure. And then, I mean, I had I had the craziest leg pump though. <laughs> yeah, <not laughs> like bad. it was insane. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I was like, I'm done with legs, and I went to go do arms, and I sat down on like a cable preacher machine thing that I kind of have to adapt to be my own thing. Um. <laughs> And, like, I set up and I was doing it. And then I went to stand up and I was just, like, passed out. I was like, I am not recovered yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just drank some water, sat on the machine. But Nice. Nice. Yeah. It's fun. Like, doing those sets are fun. Um, you know, it, it's a good challenge. And, and it's just, like, it's that push of just, all right, one more. All right, one more. Mm.
2: Come on, yeah. one more
1: ready you know what you, got. you just get this rhythm in your head that's just like breathe go breathe go and, mm-hmm. and you just kind of keep moving um and uh but they definitely take a toll right
0: yeah they definitely do definitely do yeah so and you're not yeah. going in there and like one rep maxing every week like i see most people do <laughs> yeah I'm i don't say I don't most people some people
1: it, yeah, I know, my, I haven't
0: one Red maxed in the years.
1: <laughs> my my crazy stuff that I do is always just, like, crazy in terms of volume.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, it's, like, mental.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it, it's really more crazy in terms of, like, mental capacity. Yeah, and seeing how much you can tolerate. Yeah. When, when will I shut down? Yep. And... Uh, <laughs> Silly. So, straight around 100 reps. <laughs> anybody that's also a little bit psycho, uh, get on a Smith machine, load up one plate on each side, and then have somebody in the gym just like give you a ridiculous number and then do it. Yep. Like you get, you get two rest pauses so you can rack the weight, take a second to breathe, and like, you know, regain your vision.
0: A couple of seconds. And
1: minutes. <laughs> And then uh, go after it again. You know, um, I think I wasn't allowed more than two minutes in between sets,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which was plenty. I, I really think I did it in like 45 second increments.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, I definitely recommend in that first set trying to knock out as many as you possibly can. Because um, the wall comes up quick. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think my first set I did 45, which was a lot of reps.
0: That's a good one. And then
1: after that, that it was one. sets sets of 30 or sets of 35, something like that. Damn, dude. Um, yeah, dude, that's good you said. Yeah, but that's fun stuff. You know, don't do them all the time. Um, but sometimes they're fun to throw in there and just like see what you're capable Cook, of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just definitely. like re- remind you that, you know weights will destroy you mm-hmm. yeah be humbled get bullied <laughs> even when they're a not bit. Heavy, like, yeah a quick a quick reminder that light weights can destroy you
0: they really can i know when i'm doing the preparatory work with some of my clients they get destroyed <laughs> man that's like <laughs> this that is the funniest thing like even myself i also get destroyed we can destroy ourselves with the preparatory work but it's like when you really just take the time to focus on using a smaller weight You should be Mm -hmm. using that much more intent, generally speaking, especially like with my warm ups and stuff like that. You know, when when the loads are light, you use a lot more intent. And then as things kind of go up, you kind of break out of that barrier just a little bit. You start moving. Yeah. Yeah. But getting humbled by a five pound counterbalance squat. (laughs) Yeah. uh, (laughs) Make you feel some type of way. Yeah.
1: Ding. All right, I have one more question. Dope. I don't even know how we got there, but I got one more question. All right. Do you wear a lifting belt?
0: (laughs) No, I don't. Uh, When I was training with Diab, I was towards the very end because we were, like, chasing our 1RMs. Um, That was, like, a small era of that. Maybe, like, for, like, four months I wore one, Um, but... But outside of that, I don't really like them. Um, and I actually, you know, I actually was a somewhat big belt user. I would say, like, I didn't use it like ever to to chest press by any means, or like on leg extensions. I saw a man with a belt on doing leg extensions a couple of days ago at Planet Fitness. I don't really know his application there, but. <laughs> um but yeah like back in the day i definitely used to use a belt um but i have moved away from the belt because it just makes a lot of sense to be able to kind of handle whatever you're doing to tolerate the loads that you're able to tolerate yes. without using a belt yes you know you there's no point in kind of capable. putting a bull, yeah there you shouldn't really like outside of like um some lifting straps so it kind of help you with yeah. that load. That's when different. that load gets a little bit too much. Yeah, that is completely different. I, I think um, lifting
1: straps are way different than yeah. a belt.
0: Yeah, still an accessory, but the application is a little bit different. You know, instead of having that cue to have that belt around your stomach to create that intra abdominal pressure, you should be able to confidently produce the same environment without a belt on. So that when you step up to the bar, you don't need a belt. And if you need a belt because you're getting bent over a bar or you're getting lawn chaired, it means that you should probably take a couple steps back, go back to the drawing board and get yourself a stronger functioning core without a belt. So that when it comes time to actually, you know, lifting a little bit heavier, you don't need it. And then you don't run the risk of, you know, running into an injury. And I think the other thing is not, it's really nice to not have a binky. Like, it's really yeah. nice to be able to go into the gym and say, I don't need my belt or to step up to something like the worst feeling was stepping underneath a bar thinking I need a belt. Otherwise, I'm going to get folded. That was like yeah. such a, it's like such a shitty feeling, not being able to confidently get under a bar without needing some some accessory to help you out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What's your opinion?
1: 100% with you. Um, Outside of being 100% aboard
0: with that, what do you think?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, having a belt is—I don't even want to call it—it's—it's not even a crutch, right? It's you're—you're depending on something to do your job for you. Yeah. Right, and. I also used to be a belt wearer, right? You know, powerlifter things. Um, but now with this style training and the knowledge that I have from from the stuff that I do now, I, I don't want to depend on something so crucial like my lower back <laughs> on, on an external item, right? right. I, I can control my brace, right? And so I don't want to put my brace in the hands of something else.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, it's if I can't handle a weight, it's because I can't handle a weight. You know, I, I don't want it to – I don't want to walk up to a weight and go – Mm, belt feels funny today, guess I can't lift it. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's such BS. Right?
1: Like, I, I don't want that to be a thing. Now, I, lots of people use belts. If you like to use a belt and it helps you remember to cue your brace, then so be it. Um, mm-hmm. But personally, belts end up giving me more discomfort than help because I already know how to create my own brace. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Right. They're they're more restricting to me than they are helpful. Yeah. Right. So if you can and everyone should be working to improve improve their bracing capabilities, you know, we should have the ability to create our own pressure and, and keep our core and our lower back and our intra-abdominal pressure locked tight. Yeah. We should be able to do that as humans. Yeah.
2: And If a, you can't,
1: a- I mean, you are, if you're listening to this, you are probably doing it right now. You know, otherwise you'd be folded in half.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. We we always, to some degree, have some pressure holding us upright, and so you should be able to translate that and, and increase your capacity to then do it in your lifts, you know? Yeah. I just I don't think... like depending on, on other things to save me. Yeah. Right? yeah. Now, Looking where straps back, you... are different... Go straps ahead. are different, yeah. Right. Where, um, where straps are different is I do not care about how strong my forearms are,
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: right? My forearms should not be the limiter in a muscle that's four times as big as it, mm-hmm. right? My forearm should not be what limits my hamstring growth. Yeah. Right. And so, in an RDL, because that's my heaviest lift, if my forearms are failing before I can create the stimulus in my hamstrings, I have essentially wasted the entire movement. Yeah. Right? So, the straps are not saving me from anything. They're just allowing me to properly execute an exercise and target a muscle that I'm actually trying to target.
0: Yeah, to its fullest capacity.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So it's, they are different. They're both accessories, but they're different. The purpose mm-hmm. behind them. Yeah. Belts are generally used as people's savior, right? Because people, yeah. people will warm up without a belt. They'll do their first warm up without a belt. Mm-hmm. Which means that they think they have the ability to create the bracing to lift that warm up weight. And then suddenly when it gets heavy, they need that savior so that they don't fold. Yeah. Right? Straps are just there so that we can execute a lift heavy enough to properly stimulate the muscle that we're trying to work without having to worry about the weight falling out of our hands.
0: Yeah. And that bottleneck is your grip strength. So you could lift 500 pounds Another thing, like, you could use um, lifting straps improperly, too, just like you use a belt improperly. Like, if your grip strength just shot out on you um, at, like, 200 pounds and you still wanted to go up to 250, but your back is already rounding, you can still lift 250 pounds with a rounded back, but it doesn't mean that that's ideal. And those straps did help you theoretically lift a little bit more, but what shouldn't have changed was... Your backgrounding and the way that you're going about that lift, and like you were and kind of saying, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. That's
1: where we come back to rep standardization. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Uh, we can we could beat that dead horse again, but we won't on this episode. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and Uh-oh. you know, people like to when when they like go. Usually, that's like what you're saying. It's like we don't use a belt for like our warm up sets, and then when we get to that top set we start using our belt or when things get heavy, we start using a belt and you know, it's like, Oh, well, we folded like 20 pounds down and now we're coming up 20 pounds. So we clearly need a belt so that we stop folding, but maybe you need to taper back a bit, go back to the drawing board and then look at the reasons why you're folding, why you can't keep your torso upright, why you can't maybe access a full range of motion, you know, this, that, the other, maybe have some pain here and there or something like that. You know, go back to the drawing board before
1: you just slap a big old band-aid on it, for sure. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I think we've been on for, like, two hours, man. Yeah, we're at a minute 46 now? A minute? Oh,
0: hour 46? <laughs> <laughs> hour
1: 46.33. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, for the sake of standardization... <laughs>
0: keeping uh, everything the same here
1: yeah yeah. we'll wrap this one up thanks Um, for coming guys yep thanks for stopping in uh hope you learned something or or at least we made you think about something yeah Um, or if you just enjoyed the talk in general yeah if you just wanted to hang out uh thanks for joining um make sure to like and subscribe if you're watching us on youtube and checking out our beautiful faces Hey. Um, If you're on Spotify or Google Podcasts or any of the podcast listening stations, uh, give us a rating and review. Um, we would greatly appreciate that. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week. How's it going, guys? All right. Catch you later, Brandon.
2: Peace, Brady.